Hey everyone, it is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 184. Now please don't forget to go to our iTunes page to subscribe and leave us a comment like Ha-Agina, who just gave us five stars and said, these podcasts are great. A lot of work goes into these podcasts, and it is much appreciated by those of us without these practical experiences. Well, thanks for that comment, Ha-Agina. Now, for this week's podcast, I'm letting you tag along for research into my own personal dilemma that I've been facing as a father in providing my teenage son with the equipment and skills to be self-reliant and self-protective. But I promise you, whether you are a mother or father yourself does not matter because there are a ton of great tips in this episode for simple escape and evasion tactics that anyone can use against kidnappers, active shooters, and street criminals, especially when traveling outside of your familiar areas. And don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the hard work for you with this episode's exclusive show notes, including audio, transcription, and a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the most important points for your reference. It's all yours for free when you go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 184. And now, let's talk tactics. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. We've all seen the movie. Liam Neeson and his particular set of skills travels to Paris to rescue his kidnapped daughter. Along the way, he does several hundreds of thousands of dollars in property damage while breaking the clavicles of practically every person he meets. Now, the movie touched off a new genre called, at the time, dad exploitation, because it popularized the ideas of family providers and protectors becoming action heroes to save their endangered loved ones. And back in 2015, the movie No Escape followed Owen Wilson as he tried to get his family out of a country seized by civil unrest. And it, it too, was built on those same ideas. Now, movies aren't real. But the successful ones tap into real fears that we all have and real dangers we all face. The reality is that you and your family are in greater danger abroad than ever before. My own teenage son is about to go on his first trip abroad as part of a group, but without my protection, which, to be completely honest, is totally freaking me out. Now, my goal is to set him up with an escape and evasion plan that would make Liam Neeson raise an eyebrow and it would make Owen Wilson proud. I want my son to be able to protect himself, and I want you to be able to protect yourself when you're traveling abroad, despite the possible dangers you may face. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance, with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with us today to talk about escape and evasion abroad is my friend, Jason Hansen. Jason, welcome back to the program, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yeah, long overdue, but I know you've been super busy. You've got a new book coming out, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this, uh, why we're doing this podcast, because you're the person, you're the perfect person really to, uh, for me to go to for like, I need some tips here to protect my son. And we're going to get into all of that. Now listen, everybody, if you haven't heard our, our previous conversations with Jason, um, he's a former police officer who set his sights toward the Central Intelligence Agency, spending nearly a decade in the CIA, earning two exceptional performance awards and distinguishing himself 
among the other CIA, CIA ops personnel. Now, leaving the CIA to start a family, Jason continued his research and work using the CIA skills that he developed to adapt them for civilian use so that citizens could be better prepared for everything from protecting yourself and those you love from a violent criminal attack to surviving during times of civil unrest and martial law. He's been featured on television Shark Tank, where he won a deal for bringing his skills and spy gear to a wider market. And his book, Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life, is a bestseller that, I, I, frankly, I think should be in everyone's library. And it's going to really help you master escape and evasion tactics for worst case scenarios. He also has a new book that's getting ready to come out. Not out yet, but uh, it's going to be out here soon. It's called Survive Like a Spy. I'm really excited about this coming out. Now, you can learn more about Jason and his work and these books by going over to his website at www.spysurvivaltraining.com. Now, Jason, I really wanted to start this from the very beginning because as I've, as I've alluded to, my son is getting ready to go on this, on this school trip. He's going to a foreign country. Um, it's in my, it, it, on the outside, it looks like a safe company, but, or country, but there's a couple of stops there that where they have to stay overnight in areas that I wouldn't necessarily call, I wouldn't call them unsafe, but let's just say that as a father, I'm going to be freaking out nonstop. And I know from like my work in military and as bodyguard and things like that, it, a lot of the work is done ahead of time. It's in assessing. I mean, the knowledge is power. If you go into an area that is really just kind of like a total mystery to you, well, then you've got a whole lot of orientation to do. And any homework that you can do ahead of that is going to help you to be better prepared once you get boots on the ground right there. So so here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you for to help me put together my son's protection plan while He's there without my protection. So, so let me ask you, in that assessment stage, in that like doing the homework stage, what are some of the like the main things that we need to do before he even sets off on his trip to know more about the area and make sure that he has the best plan to safeguard him when he when he gets in country? Sure. So first, obviously, depends on the country. You know, what what country is your son going to? Um, once you find out the country, is it a place like Mexico where you want to avoid like the plague and it's, you know, a higher chance of kidnapping and bad stuff? Or is it a much safer country like you're going somewhere in Italy kind of thing? Um, next, you know, State Department websites. That's easy to do. It's public information. Also write down all the numbers. So write down the embassy numbers, write down the consulate numbers. You know, the beauty of the Internet age is you can do an Internet search and say, you know, have there been any bombings in Medellin, Colombia lately? Have there been any bombings wherever? So you can find out what's going, you know, on locally. And then depending on how high you want to take it, know people. So personally, me, I'm very blessed to have a network of people all over the world, CIA officers and former CIA officers. And so I can call them and say, give me the lowdown. What's going on here lately? What do we need to know? And they'll know little things such as, hey, pickpocketing is up huge. Don't have to worry about kidnappings lately, but worry about putting your wallet in your front pocket and make sure, you know, all that kind of stuff. So spend, you know, 30 minutes doing some very easy, simple Internet research. And again, be more careful in Mexico than in the nicer countries of the world. So so let me ask you um, about that. So if I don't have a if I don't have a, a, a good lead into CIA uh, operatives that are out there um, for the average Joe Schmo out there, wh- who, who, who can I contact? Um, would I contact the embassy there? Would they have people there that would say, yeah, here are the conditions right now in our country? Or what's the best the best person for me to go to if I don't have an insider? Sure. So the best thing to do is just go to the State Department's website and you can search by particular country. 
And it will say when you search this country, here's what's dangerous lately. You know, here's pickpockings are up or kidnappings are up or do not go to this country, which, again, I keep mentioning Mexico just because I have a lot of people who contact me wanting to know if they should do business there. Well, the State Department issues information like don't go here in Mexico, don't go to this uh, city kind of thing. So it's very easy because the State Department obviously doesn't want American citizens kidnapped because that's not good for, um, you know, American citizens and they have to deal with that. So, yeah, you can call the embassy. Um, they will be very, very helpful. So I would take advantage of that because your tax dollars are paying for it. Yeah. OK, great. So. So, Jason, let me ask you, um, Jason, the, I'm, I'm a gear person and my son keeps asking me, like, when are we putting together um, my my escape and evasion kit for going out? Fortunately, my son has that mindset, right? You know, he's his dad's son. So he's he's into weapons. He's into training with weapons. He's my he's my machete training partner. I mean, like he has that mindset, which is good. You know, he's not going in there. Oh, dad, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be paradise. But he also knows that there are going to be situations where he's not he might not be able to have his knife with him now. He always carries a knife with him, you know, things like that. So. So in putting together a, let's say, like a, a an escape and evasion kit for things like kidnappings or, um, you know, a, a terrorist thing, whatever it might be for him to get out of a really bad spot. Um, however, since it is traveling abroad, it has to be something that he can get through baggage or he can get through TSA and, and go into a country where you don't necessarily have, uh, you're not going to have those laws that we might enjoy here where I mean, he doesn't walk around with a firearm, but nonetheless, like, you know, knives, things like that, that he can use for self-protection. So, so this is kind of a two-part question. So what would you put inside of like a small escape and evasion kit? And then what's the best way to conceal that? I know you have some, you actually sell some items off your website that might be good for this too, but I would like to really kind of get an idea for what's the best way to set up my teenager going abroad with what items he should he should have and know how to use, and then the best way to conceal them so they're not, not just, you know, flopping off of his backpack or whatever. Sure. I'll tell you exactly what I do is because I still travel the world and I take all this stuff with me. Um, one super easy thing is a tactical pen. You know, tactical pens are great. It's a writing pen. I've traveled all over the world with mine, so you should absolutely have that because you can stab somebody with it, does serious damage. Uh, second is a flashlight. Flashlight, again, you can take anywhere, but buy a high-quality metal flashlight. So, actually, I'll show you. I'll turn around here real quick just so you can see mine. I mean, I'm talking about a larger metal flashlight. Um, one, obviously, you can blind an attacker with this, but also, if you whack somebody over the head with this, it's a great self-defense tool. So, you can walk down the street with a flashlight in your hand, and nobody's. it's not like walking down the street with a gun in your hand, which is obviously illegal. So, tactical pen flashlight. I wear an escape and evasion belt, which is a belt that has little hidden compartments. So you can buy money belts like that. Um, cash, have cash. So maybe later on another one, I can tell you how to bribe the police in a foreign country if they're corrupt police and how you do that to get out. But cash is king because you may have to buy your way out of somewhere. I have a handcuff key on me. You can buy handcuff keys for a few bucks and they're universal handcuff keys. Um, I have bobby pins and hair barrettes just because I know how to pick handcuffs using bobby pins, uh, pins and hair barrettes. And then absolutely paracord. So paracord you can use to cut through rope, to cut through duct tape, so you can escape restraints. You can have paracord shoelaces. You can also have a paracord belt if you wanted to or a paracord backpack. So have paracord on you. That's crucial. 
And then another thing that I always have with me is some antibiotics. I know that sounds weird, but if you end up in a bad place and maybe you're trapped for a little bit and you're getting sick, you'll want to have those antibiotics. Um, the flu's going around like crazy right now, and I actually just got over it thanks to antibiotics. So add that to your kit. But those are just a few of the things. They're, you can take them all over the world, and they may save your life. So how about to conceal those? One of the things that I've looked at is um, on his backpack. So he has a day pack that he takes uh, that he takes with him. It has a little. It's it's a it's kind of a blend in. It's one of our like it's our scram pack. We call it our social chaos response and mobility pack. And it does have a slight um, like a small uh, like a unit patch Velcro on it. And so what we were doing was taking just an uh, just an obscure patch, not like a you know we're Americans, fuck you, or anything like that on it, but just something innocuous that he can hide inside of that Velcro patch some of the items that you were talking about. And if he doesn't have that bag, right now the belt that he has is one of the, um, I always, the, one of the things I always uh, look for is like the belt I use has a, um, uh, has not, not a carbiner loop, like it's like a carbiner loop on it, right? It's a tactical belt, but it, so basically, if I needed to be airlifted out, I didn't need a harness or anything, or I could use it as a harness if I wanted to, just hook up a, a D-ring out of a helicopter and be lifted out somewhere. Um, but that has Velcro on it, like it's a Velcro belt. And so the Velcro goes around all the way to the back. And so I thought, well, okay, well, if he doesn't have that patch on the pack, the backpack, then he could just put it on the back of his belt or something. It would be there. Nobody would see it. It would, But it would be there if he needed. Even if he was handcuffed, it would be behind him. What are some different concealment methods that you know of for for hiding this kind of stuff um, on your on your person without other people knowing about it? Sure. So I'm a big fan of redundancy, having a backup to the backup. So if I've got a kit in my backpack, I'll also have it on my body. Now, what I do is in the past, I put it in my belt, but also you can buy these travel wallets that, like you said, have a carabiner and they hang down inside your pants. So you literally, I mean, it looks goofy, but you have to reach down into your pants to get this. But it's right at the crotch area, which gives you easy access, but also makes it very difficult for pickpockets. So you could have one of those kits in a belt. You could have one of those kits in your backpack. You could have one of those kits in one of these travel wallets that just hangs down inside your pants. And that's the kind of stuff I do is, again, just having plan A, B and C, because obviously if something happens, you may lose the backpack but you're going to get your belt. Or what if they take off the belt? Then you still got that thing hanging your pants. Right. Um, in really crazy countries where we do consulting, if you really want to go extreme, is I'm going to hold up my two fingers for a reason. We've all seen people with their fingers taped because people who play basketball, people who play sports, jam their fingers. Well, when you get to a foreign country, you can tape a handcuff key. You can take a bobby pin, a hair barrette, tape up your fingers, and it looks like you have smashed fingers but now you've got a little escape and evasion kit in between your fingers. That's obviously for more extreme circumstances, but you could do it going anywhere. Oh, that's sneaky. <laughs> that's super sneaky. Good stuff. All right, we're talking with Jason Hansen of SpySurvivalTraining.com about escape and evasion tactics and traveling abroad. Of course, we have a lot more coming up, and I can't wait. I'm, I'm feverishly taking notes here, uh, uh, including how to go gray and avoid becoming a target in a foreign land. Immediate escape and evasion tactics during civil unrest, kidnapping attempts, and other flash attacks. And getting home alive, which is exactly where I want my son. And from no matter where you are in the world. All that and more coming right up. But first, check out this special message. 
In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug-out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Jason Hansen of SpySurvivalTraining.com, talking about tips, tricks, and tactics to escape and evade danger when you're traveling away from home. And it's time to really get in some of the juicy stuff here, so let's go ahead and jump back into our interview. So, Jason, we've we've interviewed you before on gray man tactics, which essentially is blending in wherever you are so that you don't trigger like criminals that are are looking around. They're scanning for their next victim and they're looking for the juiciest, easiest target that they can get. And of course, you don't want to be that person. This applies to survival scenarios and all and all kinds of things. But when when traveling abroad, um it seems like it's even harder because you're not in your element. You don't necessarily know what, what gray means in that spot. So, so when you, when you touch down or I don't, maybe there's work you can do before you even go there. I don't know, but what are some ways that, um, in this example, my son, who's going to be traveling to a foreign country can, um, can, when he gets there, can blend in more as much as possible anyway, so that he doesn't look like an easy target to scam artists, kidnappers or whoever else might be out there, the wolves of society that might target him. Yeah, so a lot of this research can be done ahead of time because of the Internet. So you can just Google or go to Google Images. What do people wear in this country? And you can see, you know, is everybody in a suit and a tie or is everybody, in, you know, I'm just making this stuff up. Like, you know, the best example is if you go to the Caribbean and it's 100 degrees, you're not going to be walking on the beach in a suit and tie. You're going to be in a bathing suit. Because if you did, you stand out. So do some of that research. Um, think about logos. So you don't want to have a logo that's an American company logo on your shirt. Buy the plain Hanes white T-shirts or gray T-shirts or anything like that. It's funny. I'm sitting here. This shirt, I know you can only see the top. This red shirt is a uh, July 4th shirt. So it says, you know, 4th of July. Clearly not a shirt I'm going to wear overseas. So you really want to pay attention to this because we know Americans are targets. You know, depending on the country, most of the time, they'll have spotters in hotels. This is especially true in Russia. And they'll see who looks like they're an easy target, who's coming in with a Boston Red Sox hat or a New York Yankees hat, that kind of stuff. So try and be in boring as plain as possible. You know, be the Canadian. Be somebody who does not have anything which points out that you're an American. And don't do things which Americans can do, which, you know, again, 
that's very broad, but Americans are usually loud and obnoxious and they're talking about, hey, you know, I'm glad the Eagles won the Super Bowl kind of thing. That's what Americans talk about. And I'm going to use this disclaimer more than once, but if you're going to a safer country, you don't have to worry as much. If you're going to a third world dangerous country, you would watch your conversation and not say anything which only Americans would be speaking about. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Especially, I mean, nowadays, it's, these are, these are volatile times all around the country. I mean, all around the world. And sometimes it's hard to, you know, you've really got to do your homework on this stuff. It might not, just because a country doesn't come up on the news doesn't mean that it's not a potentially dangerous country or that they have bad feelings towards the United States. It's kind of hard to, to know that, uh, without doing some digging sometimes. So that's awesome. So, uh, so Jason, let's, let's assume that something bad happens now. So we have been targeted, uh, whether it's me or it's my family member, my, my son is traveling abroad, but has been scanning, has some awareness going and, and recognizes that they have been targeted. It could be a terrorist attack. It could be something like that, but it could be a kidnapping attempt, but you know, right there, there's a problem. I'm being targeted. I have to get out of this, this spot that I'm in right now. So we're talking about immediate escape measures to be able to get to at least a temporary safety, at least get out of the the crosshairs, if you will. What are some of the best, like, kind of on-the-spot tactics that somebody can use to quickly clear an area, quickly get away from danger to plot the next next move? One, make friends ahead of time, meaning when you're going to the hotel, be super chatty and nice, tip good to the concierge. When you're going to restaurants, if you're going to go to the same restaurants, always make friends ahead of time. this is Save Me, and in my new book, Survive Like a Spy, you'll see how it saved us, you know, literally overseas, because you make friends and they warn you when something's going down. But if you don't get that warning, just remember movement saves lives, meaning if you freeze, you're going to die, but just make some kind of movement. You should always have your tactical pen on you. You should always have your flashlight. And in extreme cases, if you've got to whack somebody over the head with a flashlight, if you've got to jab the tactical pen in somebody's neck to stay alive, do it, do it. But just move fast. And of course, anytime you enter a place, always recognize immediately two exits because you don't know if the bad guy is going to come through one of the exits, leaving the other exit open. So it takes about 30 seconds, you know, when you walk into a hotel or wherever to say, okay, here's one door, here's another. That way, if the bad guys try and get me through this one, I can go through this exit. So have your head up, identify the two exits and always have that weapon on you so you can move quickly after you've taken action. Yeah, that's great advice. We talk about that a lot as well. I mean, just in general, when you go to a restaurant or anything like that, one of the other things I tell people is, you know, when you sit down, see whether or not your table is bolted to the floor or whether it is movable. You know, all of those things, especially if you're in a public setting, can be obstacles. They can be obstacles, right? Like they can make things harder. It can make it harder for you to get out of a a crowded cafe that has chairs and tables all over the place and trying to run over them. But it can also be your friend if you have somebody that's right you know, trying to attack you, you can tip over your table. You can take a chair and use it as a, you know, to, to throw in front of somebody or something like that. So, uh, but, you know, unless you're used to looking at your surroundings with that kind of a, of an eye and a perspective, it, um, you know, that's not stuff that you want to try and make up on the spot when all of a sudden you're still trying to assess what's happening there. So, so yeah. So, so Jason, let's talk about, I'm out of the immediate danger right now, but my goal is to get home alive, get my family home alive for my son. Let's say, you know, my son's getting ready to go over to a foreign country and all of a sudden something happens. Of course, I'm going to be freaking out. Well, me, I'm probably going to be on a plane trying to use my special set of skills to track him down in country 
and um and and break some clavicles myself but but I want my son to have the tools to be able to okay he's he's lost whatever that that predator was he's in at least temporary safety now but now the goal is for a permanent safe relocation so so what are some how do I leverage those actions from immediate escape to and and that now evade that person but but mostly get to a permanent safe location that I know I'm going to get help and I can um and I can get back home. That Owen Wilson movie I think is a really it's a scary movie for everyone where he's traveling with his family and all of a sudden civil unrest breaks out, political unrest and things like that and the Americans are targeted just being butchered out there and you've got to get like permanent safety. There's lots in these movies there's lots of little like okay we're we're safe now, like we're hiding right now, but everybody's still out there looking for me. They still need to get the permanent safety. So what are some of the best tips that you have for for somebody to be able to get to get back home into their living room in their lazy boy recliner um, the best way possible? Sure. So a few things and some of the stuff I forgot to mention earlier is one, you can buy the personal beacons, the tracking beacons, which I would get for your son. So there are, you know, Amazon, so many companies make these beacons where you can be GPS tracked 24 seven. Also have an international cell phone. When I travel overseas, I've always got an international cell phone. That way they can call you. Um, important thing to remember is depending on what's going on. You mentioned the Owen Wilson movie. If they're targeting Americans, if everything is going down, you probably don't want to go to the embassy because if everybody's targeting Americans going after them, they're watching that route to the embassy. So that's the last place you want to go. I mean, it's different. If you lose your passport, okay, you need to go to the embassy to get a new passport. But if they are butchering Americans, stay away from the consulate, stay away from the embassy because they're going to stay there since they know where every American is going to run to. Don't go back to your hotel because they probably know you were there. Find somewhere different, which is why you want to have cash and credit cards, meaning find a random hotel that you've never been to, that you've never checked in. That way, nobody's ever seen you there. You can also run what is called an SDR, which is a surveillance detection route. And that's a fancy way of not going directly from point A to point B. So if you're trying to find a new hotel, which you've never been to, don't go directly there. Instead, maybe go to a cafe for a minute. Then maybe go to another cafe. Go to five different places and see if you see anybody suspicious or following you. After you've run that surveillance detection route, you can run these as little as 10 minutes, which I have. And you know it's safe. Then you can proceed to the hotel. But try and stay calm. And I know that's not hard, but never go from point A to point B because you're just leading the guys to your next safe house. Yeah, one of the other... Uh, one of the other things that I, I and, and one of the reasons why to bring cash with you as well and have that, um, because one of the evasion tactics that we've I've talked about this before, but um, if you can go into a cafe or something like that and then slip the waiter like twenty dollars and just say, look, I think I saw some guy. It looked like he was following me. Can I go out the back door? Somebody might be looking to see if you're if you're going to come out the front door or whatever. And maybe that's a way to lose them is just to go out maybe the back and find an alternative way out of that out of that location. Um, I don't know if you, if that's something that you um that you recommend as well. I'll ask you to I'll ask you about that. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about was that international cell phone. So are you saying like when he gets there, my my, my we're talking about my son going to this foreign country. My son gets there to go and buy a phone there, or is there a chip that he can bring with him that will take his current phone and make it international? Like what's the best way to to do that? So yeah, so the best way for the cell phones is just do it ahead of time. So you can go on Amazon, you can buy them. I mean, I buy, when I travel overseas, I'm always changing phones. I buy a cheap uh, flip phone, so it costs me 30 bucks. And then you buy an international SIM card, 
And then you put how many minutes you want on it. So say, hey, I want a hundred minutes. I want a thousand minutes. So when I'm leaving the United States, I have my flip phone, the SIM cards in, I have 500 minutes on it and I know it works where I'm going to that specific country. That way, <clears throat> excuse me, the moment I land, I'm good to go for calls. So super easy to do and very inexpensive. Um, as far as the cash thing you mentioned, absolutely. I recommend it. And I know guys who have used that tactic of going into a place and paying a guy. Um, what I recommend and my guys recommend is hundred dollar bills is they love American money. And obviously you only use it in an emergency situation. But I know for a fact, because again, my guys have done it. If you go in a place and you stick a hundred dollar bill in somebody's face and say, let me out your back door, nobody's going to tell you no. So keep those hundred dollar bills around for emergency purposes. And are you saying that it's better to have like an American hundred dollar bill? Um, or should, should it be the equivalent in the local currency that like where he's going to? If you're going to a third world country, if you're going to a crappy country, American dollars, because they love that. It's worth so much. They know what it is. If you're going to a place in Europe, which is nicer, I have both. So I'll have $100 in equivalent of whatever country, but I'll also have a $100 bill. That way, if I shove the equivalent of 100 and they say no, I can pull out the 100 in American and see if that makes any difference. Man. Jason, I, I feel I actually these these are some tips. There is a lot of stuff in here that I haven't heard before, so these definitely makes me feel a lot better about sending. I'm I'm still secretly thinking about disguising as a bush and just kind of going along, <laughs> and just kind of kind of tiptoeing along with whatever with the group that he's with. Um, but this helps me out a lot, and I know it's going to help out our, our readers a lot as well. So I really appreciate you taking some time for us today. Uh, listen, everybody, this is the kind of stuff that Jason unloads. I mean, these are. These are things that he's been trained in. These are things that he's actually used. We've talked about this in, in the past for escape and evasion in other countries in actual like putting it to use. It's not just theory. This is based upon government training as well as putting it to use. And he does give this for civilian use in his books that he has. And he's got another one coming out here very soon. I highly recommend going ahead and getting it. It is going to be survive like a spy. So definitely check that out. You'll find it over his website, along with all the other, um, a lot of the items that we talked about today that you can pick up for yourself. Uh, highly recommended. I, I'm a big fan of all of Jason's work, as well as the items that he has. So go check it out. The website, is, again, is www.spysurvivaltraining.com. And until our next Modern Combat Survival Broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying, prepare, train, and survive. Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.